Everybody in the church needs to be known by somebody. I've got a tagline there we can, we can read. I can't know everybody, but everyone can be known by somebody. It's important that you're known by somebody. Now, obviously there's levels to being known, and there's levels to how much you want to be known. I mean, you know, not everybody just wants to share their heart, and you, you need to feel comfortable with those that you're around. But like Jesus, he spent most of his time with his 12 disciples. Uh, My focus on my time, I spend most of my time with our staff here, and then with our leaders. And uh, then I'm running a life group, and you're welcome to come to my life group. And of course, if you're in my group, I get to know you just that much uh, more and that that much closer. Uh, And one of the things we want to do in our life groups this time around is we want to get to know you. So just like Susan had a chance to share her story on video, uh, I would love in my little group and in all other little groups that everybody has a chance each week, a different person, just, you know, volunteer. We want, some people hate sharing about themselves and other people just love to share about themselves. Uh, Sometimes too much and sometimes too little, but the leader's job is to navigate that. But I would like to hear each one of your stories. I mean, it's just so intriguing. What is your story? What's been your walk? How did you end up in the group? How did you end up in church? What does Jesus do in your life? What are the things that you get excited about? What are your hopes and dreams in church and in relationship? What is it that you're praying about? What is it that you're desiring that God would do in your life? I mean, I'd just love to hear your story as we get together in groups. So uh, let me just uh, encourage you, if you've got a bulletin insert... Uh, Why don't you pull it out, and I've got three very simple uh, points that I want to be uh, looking at here as we look at, this is us, this is our series, I want us to all be in relationship, Uh, we love people as a church, and relationships are just hugely important to us. Let me just uh, pray before I jump into this. Uh, Jesus, I just pray that uh, you would use me now as I preach to speak on your behalf. Lord, as as I'm sharing your scripture, uh, Lord, you would do what only you can do, is put life into that word, and to speak to each person here today. Everybody's in a different place. Everybody has different desires. And Lord, only you can meet them. Lord, you say you are love. That's who you are. And Lord, we desire to connect with your love. Open our ears, open our hearts, open our minds. Allow us to be changed and transformed by your word. In your name, Jesus. Amen. So I want to make uh, three uh, points here. To grow, you know, small groups are really important for these reasons. God has designed small groups. To grow as a follower, follower of Jesus. To be loved and to love others. And to be a disciple of Jesus. I want to spend most of the my time this morning looking at uh, to grow as a follower of Jesus. Uh, And I want to look at this powerful scripture in Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians, uh, for those of you that are new to the Bible, is just uh, one of those like compact books. It's one of those books that's super uh, like meaty. In fact, uh, I throw out a challenge for you. For those of you that have read the Bible many, many times, I throw out a challenge for you when it comes to the book of Ephesians. 
See if you can summarize the book in one sentence. And not a sentence that is like, see if you can summarize the book in one sentence. I can tell you that that'll be a challenge. Uh, but it's an awesome challenge. See if you can find a verse in the book which kind of speaks for that, that book. It's just a great, great book. And I want to hit this verse, which for me, maybe summarizes the book. Uh, it certainly captures the essence of the book. And I just hope that you can get out of this verse what I hope God wants you to get out of this verse. Let me just read this uh, to you. This is Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verse 15 and 16 in the New Living Translation. And again, look, if you've got your Bible on your phone, great, go along and read it, uh, follow along on your phone. Uh, if you've got the handouts that I've given, I encourage you to uh, make notes or underline. But if you've got a hard copy, and I'm just old school, uh, I just find it helpful to underline certain words in the sentence because it's like that's what God is saying to me. And when I read it later, it, it, it impacts me. So this is what is uh, highlighted for me in this verse. And I'm picking it up mid-sentence, Ephesians 4, 15. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. I mean, just that sentence is so reflective of the book, right? A complex sentence with like six points, like, okay, what am I going to emphasize? Growing, like Jesus wants all of us to be growing constantly till the day we die. We are going to be growing in Jesus. We never have arrived. It's never like we know it all. We know everything there is to know about Jesus. We're constantly growing. And so we, we highlight that. To be more and more like Christ. When you're perfect, you've arrived. But as far as I know, none of us are perfect. But we are going to spend the rest of our lives becoming more and more like Christ. In other words, we're going to be working on our character. We're going to be working on what God wants us to be. And God is going to work within us. And God is going to transform us. And God is going to bring joy to us. And we're going to experience Jesus' love. And we're going to be able to do some of the things that Jesus did. It's a wonderful, awesome journey that takes us our whole lives to do. And I wouldn't do it any other way. We do it with Christ. And we do it in the church. And we do it with each other. It's just it's God's amazing plan. And then it says, Jesus Christ who is the head of his body, the church. I mean, it's, this is like simple but yet mind-boggling stuff. Jesus is head of the church. Jesus considers the church his body. That means you and me are representations of Christ. We his body, which means that God has a plan for you. And our lives will never be boring if we connect it to Christ. Your life will always be so full as a Christian, as a believer. There's always somebody else that you can love. There's always somebody else that you can reach out to and, you know, encourage and come alongside of. Your life will be rich and your life will be full. Verse 16 says this. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow 
so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Wow. I mean, if you just read this slowly and not just like blow through it, Christ is the head of the church. Christ is interested in you. Christ wants you to grow. Christ wants you to experience His love. And Christ wants you to be a vehicle that He's chosen because He's gifted each and every one of us differently and especially. And He wants to use that difference and that special gift that He's given you to be part of His body as Christ puts all the pieces together so that you can be active, you can be working for Christ, and you can be making a difference in other people's lives. And as you do that, a difference gets made in your life. I mean, only Christ can do that. I'm not, you know, the head of the church. I'm not the head of this church. I mean, I happen to be the lead pastor. But, but please, I mean, it's Jesus that's the head of the church and it's the power of His Holy Spirit. I can't transform you. I can't change you. I can preach His Word and I can depend on the power of God to change you. I mean, you know, Susan... Little's testimony was so beautiful. Here she is. She's coming one in community. God's got this huge big gift for her. It's a gift of salvation. It's like, Susan, you think this is what you need, but I've got a much bigger, grander, more awesome gift for you. And Susan like walks into it. It's like, wow, I can know Jesus. I can know God. The very next thing that she did, which was so awesome, was I need to be baptized. Now, why did she feel that way? I can guarantee you it wasn't because I was telling you, you need to be baptized. No, something happened within her, and she said, I need to be baptized. Because God starts moving you. And then when she gets baptized, which is an outward sign of something that's happened internally in her. It's an outward expression. As she takes that small step, from my standpoint, small step of obedience, then God just opens up more. And as each one of us will take a small step of obedience in Christ. We start growing. And one of the small steps that I want to challenge you to is to get involved in a small group. Be known. Know other people. Allow your gifts to be used. So I, I, I just, you know, thrilled to hear uh, Susan's uh, testimony. One of the mysteries for me, and there's a lot of mysteries for me, even though I'm a pastor, I'm supposed to have all the answers. Sometimes it feels like the more I preach and the more I'm following Christ, the more mysterious things to be. I mean, you think you're getting all the answers. And it's like, God, you know, this is a mystery. Uh, one of the mysteries for me is people that claim to love Jesus and hate the church. I mean, have you ever come across those? I mean, there's a lot out there. Are you a believer? Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Which church should you go to? Oh, I'm done with church. That church, whatever church, you know, they are that pastor, that worship, that blah, 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 blah. I'm just not into church. I'm just into Jesus. Oh, really? Uh, so how's your spiritual life going? I mean, is God speaking to you? Are you feeling loved? Are you encouraged? What's God saying? What direction? Whose lives? Well, you know, I, you know, I pray. I read the Bible. Really, you do, do you? Yeah, 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 I'm sure you do. No, uh, folks, listen, it's a new day. I want to encourage you. People that you know that claim to be Christians, I encourage you to let God use you by you inviting them to your small group or to church. Tell them to try God again. Because you cannot say, Jesus, I love you, but I hate your bride. I mean, can you imagine how ridiculous that is? 
you know, going to somebody, hey, John, you know, I, I just want to have a relationship with you. I really like you, but I hate your bride. Your wife is just awful. I mean, I don't want any time with her. Like, can we just get together and hang out? And it's like, you know, a guy's like, I love my wife. No, you know, don't tell me you hate my wife, but you want to have fellowship. Don't work. But that's what people do all the time. Church is messy. Church is run by humans. We mess up. But you know what? As you in, as you part of uh, relational society within church, God grows you. Not everything you're going to agree with in church, but as you rub against others and you work through the difficulties, there's a richness and a blessing that comes. And we experience that in relationship. And relationship takes place better in small groups. In a big setting like this, it's awesome. But you do different things in a big setting. Worship and preaching is one directional. In a small group, it's time for dialogue and, and give and take. And, and uh, th- th- there's just so much to that. So I do want to encourage you, uh, you know, get in a small group. Enjoy the people that you're in. Even if they're total strangers, get to know them. Here's the second point I want to make. is to be loved and to love others. To be loved. That means you allow yourself to be loved. You can't be loved if you're absent. You can only be loved if you're present. You've got to be in relational connection. You know, to be loved and to love others, God thought that this was such a big idea. I mean, this is such a major point for God that he wrote a whole book in the Bible just on this topic. A whole book. It's called 2 John. You can read that whole book. In less than a minute. That's the point. Be loved by God and love others. I just saved you 60 seconds. Let me just say it again. Be loved by God and love others. But you can read the book. It's, a, it's really worth reading. It's a great book. It's First John. Uh, let me read it to you. Uh, I won't read the whole thing because I know a whole minute, you know. Second John 5 and 6. I am writing to remind you, dear friends, that we should love one another. Not conceptually, not like, oh yeah, I'll love them if they're nice and if they like me. And No, you need to love one another. This is not a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning. You know, this is not a new teaching. This is not a new idea. I'm not saying something novel. This is what church is all about, to be loved and to love others. Love means... Oh, okay, now we've got a definition of love. Love means doing what God has commanded us. Oh, just think of that. Love means doing what God has commanded us. And He has commanded us to love one another. Just as you heard from the beginning. Again, I mean, to digest that. To experience that. And when we do experience God's love, man, church is the most awesome thing in the world. And it's the only institution that's been going for 2,000 years and it's going to keep going until Christ returns because we're guaranteed that God has designed us that we need to be loved and we need to be used by God to love others. And when we do that, it's hugely rewarding. Uh, It's who we are. Then I love the sort of the throwaway verse, you know, the last verse in that little book of John, verse 12. I have much more to say to you. I don't want to do it with paper and ink. For I hope to visit you soon, 
and talk with you face to face. Then our joy will be complete. Look what John is saying here. He's saying, look, I can write a lot. You can read a lot of books. You think you can grow as a disciple by, you know, doing the university route, by taking theology classes, by studying the Bible. Very good. You should do that. That's, it's a great way of learning. But it's not the total package. What God wants us to do is get face to face with each other and that we would experience love and that our joy, both ways, it's joyful, will be complete. You know, here at our church, we have a whole comprehensive idea of how we want to make disciples, of how we want you to experience God in this church. And one of those that we offer out there is you can get together with John Gargan or Melissa Leffingwell, and one-on-one, -on -one you can go through Bible verses and, and have one-on-one -on -one discipleship, if that's where you're at. We're not, we don't mandate anything. We just like suggest, if this is what you'd like, you can do that. On the other hand, um, in, on the 23rd of September, two weeks' time, I'm doing a class, which is who we are as the vineyard. It, it's for those of you that want to belong here. For those of you that want to say, I want to make this my church. What does it mean to join this church? What does it mean to partner with me and with our church? That's the real question. What does it mean to partner together? How can we together do church? And if, that, if you're interested in that, that uh, that's our partnership meeting. That's for those of you that are new, that are trying to figure this out, want to know what's all involved. Two weeks' time, join me. That's what we do. That's how we uh, do uh, discipleship. Which leads me to the third point. To be a disciple of Jesus means that you hang out in a small group. Uh, Jesus uh, hung out with his 12 disciples more than anybody else. And even within those 12, there were three that he hung out even more with. But it's not just Jesus. It's, audible. it's also a Peter, and it's also Paul. Uh, you know, this little verse in, in Acts uh, is just so uh, popular for good reason. In Acts chapter 2, verse uh, 41, we see something that's really interesting. Uh, Peter's preaching, people are responding. And it says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. There were about 3,000 people. Okay, that's not a small group. That's church. And that's a big church. And God loves big churches. God loves small churches. God loves in-between churches. God loves house churches. But God loves church. So here they form their big church. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, uh, over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and their possessions, and they shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together in the temple each day, and they met in homes for the Lord's Supper. And they shared the meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. 
Here's the point I want to make in this. God loves a big group. That's this, a Sunday morning setting. We do certain things on a Sunday that we can only do on a Sunday. And God loves small groups. And it's not an either or. It's a both and. That scripture is like they get together regularly in a big group and they get together regularly in a small group. And in the small group, you know, even though we do communion, in a big group, it's better done in a small group where it's actually personal. So I, I just want to encourage you, just like Jesus and just like Peter. And now my final uh, scripture here, it's just one sentence. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he closes the great book of Romans uh, in chapter 16. And for many of you, as you're reading through the Bible, you get to chapter 16 and you've just gone through this incredibly dense book of Romans. And, and it's like, okay, yeah, all the greetings, greet him, greet this person, greet that person. Okay, I'm done. I've ticked off. I finally managed to read a whole chapter in one minute. And I'm, I'm on schedule. I'm not going to be late for the day. Great. No, 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 no. There's something you've got to just like slow down and just read all those greetings. And you don't even know who those names are because there's something in there which is rich. And this is what's rich. In Romans 16, 3 and 5, it says, Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila. Now, that's kind of odd because he's mentioning the woman first and then the man. And so in this particular case, the woman is the leader, not the male. And he says, Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Jesus Christ. And also my greetings to the church that meets in their house. So here they are, they're starting out, they're meeting in their house. You know, Paul was the, the apostle that went around the world starting churches. Every church starts small. Every church started in a house. Every house group was a founding for the, the larger church. As I said, you want to be in the big group setting, you want to be in the small group setting. You want to experience the fullness of what God has in store for you. And just as awkward as it is coming to church for the first time when you don't know people, it's also awkward, admittedly, perhaps going to somebody's house uh, if you're sort of uncomfortable. I just encourage you to push through. Go with a friend. Far better if somebody invites you and encourages you uh, to come to church. Uh, bring them, your friend, uh, to church with you. I know that the objections to go in a small group. I know that what they are, I can hear them right now. You know, I don't have time. Uh, it's a great idea, Rob. It's just a great idea. I fully agree with you. But in another season, you know, my kids in soccer, my school, I got football, and football's only this season. Blah, 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 blah. Now listen, I, I just tell you, when it comes to God, it's always now. It's never Later we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, late. No, God is saying to you, now. I know you're busy. You'll always be busy. I know you've got kids that are pulling every... You'll always have kids pulling every direction. And if not kids, grandkids. And if not, that's your business. And if it's not, that'll, it'll be, you know... You, you're always going to have something. No, now's the time. Oh, you might say, you know, I've got enough friends. I don't need any more friends. Uh, in fact, that's what happened when I invited my one running buddy. Come to church. I don't need to go to church. I've got enough friends. I'm like, friends? I'm talking about God. And he's like, God? I thought you just go to church to have friends. I'm like, are we miscommunicating here? And we were. I mean, he was like, no, church. He was a Mennonite from, you know, Indiana. And it's like, church is just a social thing. You get together like we're going to do today, barbecue. But I'm like, no, meet God. Like, no. 
I don't care if you've got enough friends. You don't have enough friends that love you and know you, and you need to know enough friends that love you and know you in a small group. Get in a small group. Uh, how about this one? You know, my spouse is not up to this. My, you know, I love Jesus and I love church, but my spouse, you know, blah, blah, blah. Listen, you've got to push through. Uh, don't tell me, like, you know, you can't go to a small group because your spouse is not into it. You watch TV. Your spouse might not be watching all the sport that you watch. You like football this afternoon. Your spouse may not watch it. You don't not watch football because your spouse doesn't watch football. You watch football because you love it. you just like, okay, I want to watch it. Or you want to watch a tennis this afternoon, like or football and tennis. Uh, okay, football, tennis, and life group. But we didn't start it this week because we've got football and tennis. No, I'm only joking. Next week we're starting, whether it's football or whether it's tennis, we're going to get together. But don't tell me that you can't do it because your wife doesn't do it. You go fishing, does your wife like you going fishing? No, you just go fishing because you like going fishing. Your wife will, or your spouse will like you a lot more when you come back filled with the love of God and ready to love your spouse. A lot more than when you're just grumpy and demanding. Come to a life group, let the Lord work in you, and you, your spouse will be grateful eventually that you came to a small group. Now, I want to leave you with one final challenge. Who are you going to either invite to church or invite to a life group? Who is it in your orbit? Is there a Christian that's not connected to church that needs to be re-invited to come to church? Or is there somebody in your workplace like Tracy invited Susan. Who is it that you're going to invite? I, I want to tell you a little win-win, incredibly fantastic secret that I want all of us to experience. I don't know who's more excited with that connection, with Tracy inviting Susan, whether Susan got a whole lot out of it because we heard her testimony and all that God's done, or... Did Tracy get a whole lot out of it? Let me just tell you, Tracy got a whole lot out of inviting Susan to church. For Tracy to see what happened to Susan is incredible. All of a sudden, church becomes really meaningful for Tracy. All of a sudden, Tracy wants everything to be clean and perfect because her friend is coming to church and she wants the barbecue to be perfect and she wants the preaching to be great and needs to be the best worship ever that Sunday because her friend is coming to church. Like, you'll get involved in church in a real positive way when you start inviting your friends. You'll start noticing things in church. You'll want to, I need to clean up a little bit here. You know, this is, this is, yeah, because your friend's coming. Get involved. I'm just saying this. When you invite somebody, what happens in you is incredible. That is part of the, 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 the works of that God is doing in you. Now, Tracy wouldn't stand up and say, I'm an evangelist. God has given me the gift of evangelism. I'm an evangelist. You know what? Tracy's an evangelist. Whether she knows it, whether she likes it, whether she understands, because she simply invited somebody. Sometimes we get so carried away with titles, uh, you know, apostles, evangelists, and prophets. God is just saying, just do something simple. You just invite somebody to church. It'll fill your life, and it'll fill their life. Jesus, I just pray for your people. Lord, we all want to experience your love. We all want to be used by you. And Lord, it's such joy when we can connect with you and we see you working through our lives and we see other lives transformed and changed and where people can be connected to you and your love. And Lord, when we start seeing miracles happen, 
where we start seeing things come into place in people's lives, when we start seeing burdens fall away because you're doing it. And Lord, we see doors open that could never have been opened in the natural because you open them. Lord, I just pray for your people. I pray blessing on your people. Lord, I pray you should fill your people. Lord, I pray that we'd be motivated to do the things that you're calling us to do. And as we take small steps in obedience, Lord, that you would bless us and encourage us and fill us with your love. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Why don't we stand and let's worship and, and put this into practice and allow God to speak to you even during worship.